Hello and welcome back to Why Such a Fast podcast. Today I'm joined by Laura Shaw again from Training Progress. Hi, Laura, and welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Christina. So today, Laura, we're going to discuss um, what to consider when buying and selling a vet practice. So now, Laura, given your background as a vet surgeon and practice manager, in your experience, what should a vet practice consider when buying and selling, or particularly selling a practice? Yeah, I think it's worth considering that when when, um, a business is buying a veterinary practice, they're buying the processes that are already in place and they're buying the the liabilities that are in place. So um, if you don't have really good processes in place, for example, your GDPR processes and processes uh, around data processing, then that's going to drive down the value of your your business. So flipping that around, if you're selling your business, it's really important to have really good quality processes in place, because that is going to reduce the potential liabilities and increase the value of your practice. One of the things that also happens when you're when you're um, selling your practices, you, you may well work there for a little bit yourself. A lot of practices will people will sell their practices and remain as clinical directors. That's not often a, a sort of a, um, a a sellout kind of period of two or three years where they've got to stay and and keep the um, keep the profits up dur- during that period. Um, but at some point, probably if you're selling your practice, it's probably because you want to move on and, and 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 move away from 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 the practice. And also, it's a time of staff turnover. You often have, you know, if if the boss you've been you've been working with for the last twenty years is leaving, maybe that's a time for you know Mary and the counts to to retire if she's been with a with a business for the last eighteen years. You know that you do have a little bit of churn in 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 the practice there. So it's really important for for the ability to maintain those profits after after the sale. Um, uh, to ensure that actually you've got really good, robust processes in place so that for everything that you do, whether that be your clinical processes or your front of house or or whatever it is, that there are processes in place that will be maintained whether you're there or not and that you've got the training in place so that when your you know, Mary does leave from accounts that your new account person can pick up where they've left off and they know exactly what it is that they've got to do and the processes will just continue. So it's really important to have that kind of um, structure in place to, to to help maintain those, maintain the, the profits and therefore ma- maintain the value of your business. Absolutely. And um, and also from the other side, from the buying side, so when, when buying a business, you know, any business, as you said, the buyer will inherit the existing processes, which if some of them are bad processes, then, you know, the, the buyer will incur all of the risk of repercussion, which could then lead to complaints, potentially satisfied customer and even potential fines. So if we look at a real example, uh, this is a few years ago when the GDPR first came out, the Marriott Hotel was fined 18.4 million under the GDPR because in their merger and acquisition of another hotel chain, they did not carry out a proper GDPR due diligence. And so they inherit the bad processes and the best systems that led to a massive data breach where guest name, credit card details, bank details and contact details were exposed. Wow. So, yeah. So the model of the story really is when investigating a business with the intention to then buy it, 
do not just limit your assessment on the financials, mm -hmm. the assets, the commercial legal elements, but also look down into the details, look at the processes and the system and that they are, you know, and what they are in place, they are fit for purpose and whether they are compliant to the GDPR. Mm -hmm. Now, I would like to add that when I say compliant to the GDPR, I mean in terms of how the data is being used, collected, stored, disposed of, etc. cetera. Uh, and then do the system have the data protection features such as encryption, for example, or ability to delete certain things or modify, etc. Now, what we need to remember is that there is no such a thing as a GDPR compliant software system or app. It is the purpose and the and how it's being used that makes it compliant. So you need to look at do the processes and the system of the business that you are intending to buy, do they meet the, the purpose and proportionality of the data that's being processed? Do they have the correct lawful basis under which they're operating within their processes? Do they have the correct data protection agreement in place with processors and sub-processors, you know, and so on? So don't just limit your assessment as a sort of due, due diligence to the financial, the assets and the commercial side, but mm -hmm. also look into the operational and the compliance because that it's what, and the marketing as well, um, because actually if anything is going to go wrong, that's where it's going to go wrong and that's where it's going to hit you hard, hard mm -hmm. like it has happened to the Marius Hotels. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, so I think there is uh, quite something to consider there. Yeah, so I guess um, it gets uh, flipping it again. And if you're selling a practice, you, what you want to, uh, to to demonstrate those things then is 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 your processes all you know written, organised, and and accessible, so that actually you have got that you you can prove well, these are our processes for this, and this is how we, yeah. you know, we we've got all those those um, documentation uh, yes, in absolutely. place. So, so you know, make it easy for yourself. Make sure it's all there and accessible. <laughs> Yes. So you don't want you don't want the processes to be in people's heads. Mm. They need to be properly mapped and documented into an appropriate system. And as we said in, in many other episodes, you know, training progress can support that and does support that in many organizations. And you know, so if you are if you don't have such a thing, it's worth considering it's not an expensive tool, but it does uh, support your organization um, with regards to processes and document information, um, which is actually key as well. Laura, did you want to add anything else? No, I think I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, cool. So, Laura, how can our audience reach you should they wish to know more about Journey Progress? Yeah, so as our website, it's a good way to find out more about us, um, uh, training-progress.com, or you can check us out on LinkedIn. And our email, if you want to get in contact, is info at training-progress.com. Excellent. And if you would like to know more about GDPR and how it applies to your business and how it can support you to set yourself apart from your competitors, please get in touch at info at cvgsolutions.co.uk or we can you can find us on social media, on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, just search for CVG Solutions or also through our website, cvgsolutions.co.uk. Thank you, everybody, for listening and see you all on the next time. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Christina.